Welcome to Value Nigeria with Ajibola, a weekly podcast where we learn how the best investors invest using principles of value investing and how this particularly relates with the Nigerian market. Last week we started discussing about margin of safety, which is the last of the four principles outlined by Charlie Munger in his BBC interview. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, kindly do so as we will be building on foundations laid in that episode. We ended the last episode with one question on our minds. How do we determine the intrinsic value or the worth of an asset? We need answers to this question as it is almost impossible to practice value investing without it. There are two general methods by which we can reach an answer. The first is by using relative methods of valuation, while the second is to use absolute methods of valuation. When using the relative methods of valuation, we seek to determine the present value of an asset by comparing certain parameters in the present with similar past parameters reported by the same asset or by another similar asset. This method is easier to use but does not usually give a precise and accurate valuation as it uses data generated in the past in an attempt to reveal a present value. It's like trying to drive a car forwards while only looking at the rearview mirrors. It gives you a clear view of where you are coming from but cannot guarantee what the road ahead will bring. Using this method of valuation alone will inevitably result in a crash. Absolute methods of valuation, on the other hand, seek to extrapolate future data pertaining to an asset and determine the intrinsic value of that asset by discounting those data to a present-day value. This is the more acceptable form of valuation as it is forward-looking, unlike relative valuation which is mostly backward-looking. It however carries an inherent flaw, which is the fact that the future can almost never be precisely predicted. Therefore, every forward-looking projection comes with a huge risk of the projector being wrong. Today, we'll be taking a deep look at relative methods of valuation. To understand relative methods of valuation, we'll be looking at a few straightforward ratios. Number 1. The price-to-earnings ratio or the P-E ratio. This simple valuation model operates on the fact that the price that an asset usually trades for is a multiple of its earnings. This multiple differs from industry to industry and is determined by investor sentiments. When demand is high, the multiple or the P-E ratio is usually high and vice versa. To calculate the P-E ratio of a company, Take its current price per share and divide it by its earnings per share, which can be seen on the income statement. This will give you the P-E ratio or the price to earnings ratio. A way to think about the P-E ratio when it is computed with the annualized earnings per share is that it represents the number of years it will take you to recoup your investment, which is the price you paid per share from the earnings of the company. Having calculated the present P-E ratio, I would advise you to compare this ratio with the historical P-E ratio over the previous 5 years. 
This will give you an idea of how today's price compares with the prices over the last five years in relation to the company's earnings. Is the market presently paying more for the shares today than they have ever done? This will be indicated by a higher PE ratio today as compared with the past years. Or is the market paying less today than historically, which will be indicated by a lower PE ratio today as compared to the past? Speaking generally, as value investors, we want to be buyers when the company is selling at a low PE ratio as compared to the past. There is, however, a grave danger in using PE ratios in isolation to make investment decisions. As we said earlier, PE ratio is mostly a backward-looking metric, and one cannot move forwards while only looking backwards. Also, there is almost always an underlying reason why the crowd is discounting the price today. A thorough understanding of the assets, its industry, or the company itself will lead you on a search that ends up answering why the company or the assets has fallen out of favor and if this is a temporary or a permanent situation. Many times, the crowd is right. Don't try to be a smart contrarian when there is no sense in this. As a famous value investor says, the contrarian road crosser gets crushed. Many times, the crowd is wise. Don't be foolish. Other drawbacks to using the PE ratio include distortion in the ratio that is produced by outlier years a company may have had. An example is if a company makes a huge profit in a year simply because of a non-recurring gain, such as the sale of an asset or a business arm. The PE ratio might appear very low, which can deceive you into buying the company, only to find out later that the profits were unsustainable and vice versa. Understanding the business very well will usually save you from such a heartache. The second relative method of valuation we'll be discussing today is the price to book value. This valuation metric compares the present price of a company to the book value per share of the same company. The book value per share of a company is how much each shareholder of the company is entitled to if that company is wound up today. To arrive at this value, the entire assets are sold, liabilities are paid off, and the net assets or the equity is divided by the total outstanding shares in circulation. In simple terms, if you divide the total equity, which can be seen on the company's balance sheet, by the total outstanding number of shares, you get the book value per share. The price to book value is obtained by dividing the present price per share by the present book value per share. An answer greater than 1 shows that the company is presently trading at a value higher than the book value, which may translate to it being presently expensive. A value less than 1 may mean that the company is trading at a discount and may be a bargain. One single price to book value for a company doesn't really tell us much. Relative valuation models work best when one compares value obtained presently to past values in the same company 
or with values from other related companies. It is therefore wise to compare the price-to-book value figures with historic price-to-book values of the same company over the past five years, or compare the present values with other companies in the same industry. The major drawbacks with using price-to-book value is that many times the value of assets carried on balance sheets include many intangible items which cannot be fully realized when sold. These items include goodwill, brand value, and the worth of proprietary software. Also, if you are trying to sell an asset under distress, you realize that buyers are only willing to pay peanuts. The book value as computed using equity figures on the balance sheet may be very fictitious and misleading. The third relative valuation model I'll mention today is the dividend yield. This can be calculated by dividing the total dividend paid out per share in the most recent financial year by the present price per share of that company. The answer can then be made into a percentage to arrive at the dividend yield. For example, Zenith Bank paid a total of 3 naira per share in dividends for the financial year ended in December 2020. The present price of Zenith Bank is about 23 naira. Therefore, the dividend yield can be computed by dividing the 3 naira, which is the dividend paid in the most recent financial year, by 23 naira, which is the present price per share of Zenith Bank. This will give you 0.13 or 13% when converted to percentages. Therefore, the dividend yield of Zenith Bank at the moment is about 13%. Therefore, if Zenith Bank maintains their dividend per share this year, your profit based on dividends alone will be 13% per annum. You can use the dividend yield to compare returns you will earn across various sectors or across members of an industry to decide on which of them to buy. Drawbacks of using dividend yield in valuing businesses or in making buy decisions is that it tells you nothing about the financial health of the company. Companies have been known to borrow money just to pay dividends. Our advice that the dividend yield, like other methods of relative valuation, is not used in isolation. Also, the dividend yield valuation model assumes that a company will pay the same dividend it paid out last year in this financial year. Unfortunately, this is not always so, as investors who bought United Bank of Africa brutally lent last year when the company reduced its dividend payout by a whooping 45%. Other means of performing relative valuation include price to sales and price to free cash flows. I will leave links in the show notes where you can read further about these other valuation metrics. And with that, I'd like to draw the curtains on this week's episode of Value Nigeria with Ajibola. I hope it's been a good learning experience for you. Do kindly give us some feedback and you can also let us know if there is anything specific you want us to discuss on the podcast. See you same time next week. Have a blissful week ahead. Bye.